0: Named after the mechanism that separates the sweet wort from the spent grains, False Bottom Girls features two beer experts filtering through the brewing industry to guide listeners through the wonderful, yet sometimes confusing, world of beer. Hi, my name is Rachel Hudson. I'm the co-owner and head brewer of Pilot Brewing in Charlotte, North Carolina, and an Advanced
1: Cicerone. Hi, I'm Jen Blair. I'm the beer program coordinator with New Realm Brewing in Atlanta, Georgia, and I am also an Advanced Cicerone. Welcome, everyone, to a very special False Bottom Girls episode. Uh, This is our anniversary episode. Woo! Woo! So we have been doing this for a year, uh, no matter what anybody thinks.
0: (laughs) 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 Times like you're having fun. (laughs)
1: Yeah, even if nobody is listening except for ourselves. And uh, we do listen to our episodes and text each other about how funny we think we are. And uh, it seems like some people enjoy it as well. So <laughs> the uh, great thing about podcasting is you don't have to have an audience to keep doing it, but we do have an audience and we have a wonderful audience who uh, has shown us a lot of love. And I think we've been able to help people out, you know, if they reach out to us um, with like, hey, what's some advice on studying for Cicerone or, you know, I've had people reach out about help with recipes. And oh yeah. I've had
0: people come by the brewery and bring me yeah.
1: their beer to try. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, so, that's
0: so nice.
1: Yeah. Even feel free even to do that. Haven't done any of those things, just listening. Uh, your your presence is the present. And we really appreciate that from everyone. So I'll do the quick disclaimer: I've been doing as you can tell, we are not back in our podcasting studio. We're still doing this via Skype, but you know, I think our I think our quality sounds pretty good. Obviously not as good as it does with professional podcasting equipment, but um, I've listened to some other podcasts recently where I'm like, ugh, why was I worried about our sound quality? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Maybe we just need a
0: sponsor. (laughs) Like (laughs) an in-house sponsor taking applications. (laughs) Not really, just like anyone, just taking anyone. Right. (laughs) No application needed.
1: (laughs) Yeah, if, if anybody out there wants to give us money to just buy our own podcasting equipment, yeah. that's that's totally fine. It will be sponsored by you. Yeah.
0: We'll always say your name. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what you want, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, so I am this, this morning, again, we are... Recording at 8.30 a.m. because that's just what we do and uh, it's kind of hit or miss. But, you know, we've we've tried other times and we are just as hit or miss no matter what. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that is true. So I'm in, in my house. Rachel is in her ca- house with her, her cat. Yep. He left me. Oh. <laughs> he was
0: being cute. Now he's just off doing cat things. Ah, I see. Yeah, well, you know.
1: So, yeah, this is uh, a whole year of doing this. And it's funny because it was, like, probably what I, I remember we started talking about doing this, like, in January of, I guess it was 2019. I don't. Why time did it really? time wow. holds no meaning to me Well, we, all. Did it. we did it because we wanted to enter. Con- so Jen goes
0: to this, like, seminar about podcast. And then all of a sudden I get this text like we should start a podcast. Not only that, <laughs> here's a contest for it for NPR. <laughs> <I'm>
1: like Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, yeah. I, I had been like it was one of those things where I'm like, well, I like to hear myself talk. So yeah. <laughs> maybe I would do a podcast and saw this through um, through Skill Pop, which is a it's a Charlotte based company, but now they are online. So their classes are available anywhere, including the podcasting class. So I highly recommend again, not sponsored by them but Skill Pop <laughs> <That could be. laughs> is a fantastic uh, company that does really, really great kind of little pop-up classes. And one of them was podcasting one oh one. And so I, you know, I'd been seeing the class for a while and finally signed up for it. Like just like, you know what, I'll just I'll just go and we'll see. And if it's sometime in the future I want to do a podcast and I already know how to do some of this stuff. And so, yeah, then I was like, Rachel, we need to start a podcast.
0: (laughs) And you were like, and better yet, it should be called False Bottom Girls.
1: Yeah. And I was like,
0: cha-ching, I'm in because of that. (laughs) All I cared about, I was like, I could hear it in my mind, the the theme song for it. You know, I was like, this is all I want. And then I was like, and and you had me at contest. So.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I was like, we can be ranked. And uh, <laughs> validated by the public, people we don't even know. Yeah. Let's do it. Um, so, yeah, but, you know, we spent some time putting that proposal together for the for the contest. And then after we started talking about it, we were both like, I kind of want to do this no matter what. Yeah. Seems like
0: we can do this. Why not? Yeah. And so, so I, people do it.
1: I want to say we even started in like. May or June. Trying to record because uh, it's not. Yeah, it's that not first as, time was rough. As easy as you would think um, to just <laughs> correct, press record on something, and um, yeah, we you know kind of played around a couple of times and then actually recorded it for real and. And you didn't yeah. record it. Yeah. It was really good. It was like our first one that we just
0: like <laughs> talked for 30 minutes and we didn't even have like it was just. Pure gold. And the next right. day,
1: you're like, I don't think I actually recorded it. I was like, <laughs> of course. Why would you? I said, right. <laughs> that was right. The- so yeah, we would have started doing that, I guess, probably last May or June, because we did the episode with Kara Simpson of Aroxa in like early July, she, and that was, that, yeah, that was our third episode. So, anyway, if you're listening to this, you probably already know all of this and have listened yeah. to those first few episodes, and one thing that we thought we would do, we've been talking about this topic for a little while, and Rachel had the idea of kind of folding it into our anniversary special, was to for each of us to talk about some beers that are really meaningful to us, and like like Rachel puts it, the beers that got us into beer.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, So I know we've both spent some time thinking about that and, you know, what what those beers are. And if, you know, if you haven't taken the time to do that yet, I, I highly suggest doing it. It's a, it's a cool exercise yeah, to be I have able to, to th-
0: think about it a little bit, you know, I was like, what really? I was like, cause for me, it was a little different. I wasn't of drinking age. I was, um, got a job at a beer bar that had like 300 beers. So it was kind of like, I, that's how I got into it because I was introduced to these beers through that. So it wasn't like I accidentally stumbled across things or went to like a cool brewery. People, God, did pe- people really didn't even go to that many breweries? What is this like? 2005, four, five, 2005 maybe. Yeah, for me. And so yeah, I didn't have like it wasn't like I. I was into the beers cause I, you know, would try them on my leisure time, but, um, I was introduced to them because of like my job, if that makes sense. So I was funny cause I was like, man, a lot of these, all of this really stemmed from my, my path into the industry and mm-hmm. like a big one. Cause I had, I had I was a server and I had to learn about all these beers and this menu is literally a mini book and it's like. You know, a lot of times, a lot of the beers would be out, too. So you really got to, like, people are like, oh, I want this. You're like, oh, shoot, it's out, but, you know, try this. And you had to, like, you just memorized things that you knew that you always had. Like Victory Lager was a beer that we I knew I always had. Right. Oh, that beer's not even on my list. But it was, like, always on draft. And if you wanted, like, if you liked Miller Lite, Bud Light, Coors Light, you wanted something different, this was a safe go-to. Right. So stuff like that. But, um. One that I really, really liked was like Breckenridge Avalanche. That's the one I really like to drink. And that one was kind of like my first – that's an amber ale, super easy-drinking amber ale, Breckenridge Brewery in Colorado, um, called Avalanche, Breckenridge Avalanche. And, uh, yeah, I just really liked it. It was just easy drinking. Uh, one, we always had it at the brewery. I I, <laughs> I remember a manager even joking to me like I sold the most Breckenridge. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. And that's an you know <laughs> it's it's interesting with the amber ales is that it's I can usually tell where people are kind of in their craft beer journey by what kind of beer they tell me they like to oh, drink.
0: Sure. Yeah. And
1: amber and we've talked about this before on the podcast with amber ales being an incredibly approachable style because even if you look at the guidelines, it's like it can have low bitterness to high bitterness. It can have mm-hmm. low caramel to high caramel. So it's, there's room for a lot of interpretation, but it's not usually, it's a good middle of the road beer. It's not extreme in any way. It's not, you know, a double IPA and especially kind of like in the late aughts, you know, is when it was like, how, how bitter can we possibly make a beer? Yeah. Um, and so if somebody tells me, well, my, my favorite styles are amber ales. It's like, okay, so you're you're just really kind of starting to learn more. If you if you tell me that it's IPA, I know you're a little bit farther along, but mm-hmm. maybe you haven't visited some of like the Belgian styles or, you know, a good German lager. You know, that that sort of thing. So if you tell me that your favorite beer style is lager, then I'm like, all right, you're a spirit animal. Like you're you're in the club. <laughs> yeah. You've been through the cycle of drinking adjunct yeah. lagers to amber ales to IPAs to like Fruited beers to sours and now you're on to lagers like we've your your journey that circle. It's complete. <laughs> yeah, there's a few amount of people
0: that will say lagers because they're just getting into the journey because like this. But most of those people are like, I just want something light. I just like the light beer. And that's when, you know, you got a novice. Right. <laughs> but you're right. right. It's like light beer, lager type bills. And they're like all the way through the styles back to lager because that's where it is for me.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's like you abuse your palate and not that I shouldn't say you abuse it, but you, you know, you go like extreme, 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 extreme. Yeah. And you're done. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's kind of like on cooking shows, you know, a lot of times. So I've been on like a huge just like cooking competition reality show kick for the past few months. <laughs> uh, but, you know, they people will be like, oh, my God, the steak is so good. What did you do to it? And they're like salt and pepper. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, like there's it's a less there's is more. Yeah,
0: so much more. So I think about that so much when I'm brewing or when other people brew these crazy beers. God, like fruits and marshmallow and all this stuff and like like less is so much more. The most simplest beers are the ones I've won awards for, Mm -hmm. you know, easy Trappist single, easy Dunkelbach, easy. I mean, even Mimosa Goza is probably like the most complex beer. I've won an award right, right. It's just some blood oranges added to a traditional Goza recipe. But right. no, it's so it's so true. And that's one of the approaches we definitely take at Pilot. Now, I definitely don't mind like every once in a while making some sort of like big imperial stout with some adjuncts and stuff like that. But I'm just not the uh, overdo it brewery. I'm not the overdo it brewery. You know, Exactly. and I like that.
1: Yeah, and I think there's there's definitely a place for that. And I and I know I've said this on here before, too, but I strongly adhere to the people like what they like. So yeah. I don't, you know, any time I say things like, oh, if you say that you like IPA, like, that is not denigrating anyone at all. I think it's great that no. you're, you know, you're, you're enjoying craft beer the way you want yeah. to enjoy it. But I think that, yeah, I, I see a lot of these. So part of my job is working with like identifying social media people and uh, like to send some of our beers to and looking at beer traders and being aware of what kinds of beers that market is looking for. And there's so many times that I'm just like, why do you want this? Is this even, does this yeah. even taste good or is this, are you getting it because the, the circle that you're in everybody's talking about it, but is it an emperor's no clothes thing? Have any of you actually tried it? Yeah. I feel like I did that for a little bit of my career
0: of like, I, I definitely wasn't like get up early, go stand at a long line person, but I cut, ca- there was a point where it's was like, Oh, if this, I kind of do what this, because it is popular. But um, I feel like that was at a time when there wasn't this huge, it wasn't a ton of beer to choose from. There was, don't
1: get me wrong, but like, I, you know, it was like very young. The market was young still like right. brewers are, weren't being pressured to come out with a new beer every week. Yeah. It
0: was like the
1: seasonal beer, you know, exactly. one of my favorite, favorite seasonal beers that is very old
0: school. And it's so funny that I did not write some of these beers down that I am now talking about, but <laughs> is, um, Anderson Valley winter solstice. I don't oh, okay. know what it is about that beer. I effing love it. Um, I don't like too much of it. I, uh, found, I got myself like, like a case. I think last year it's the first time. I, I don't even normally buy that much. And at the end of it, I was like, you know, I'm kind of done with this. I just like it when it's like out and fresh and done. And I don't know, but, um, it's just super simple, seasonal beer that it is not a hype beer. It's not, that's right. just a beer I really like, but you, even like dark Lord day is a really good example. Um, a lot of the people, you know, that that's such a hype day. I don't even think that beer's that good, honestly. Yeah,
1: I've I've been to Dark Lord Day. I don't remember if I've told the story. Not my proudest moment, but one of the drunkest <laughs> times I've ever been in my life. Um, and it was like it's, it was a really fun day in just the worst way possible. Like it was thirty degrees. It was raining. Ugh. And it was the field where everything was. So they had tents and the field where everything was, was like, you were at least ankle deep in water, in cold water. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. And it was one of those things where like you, every inch of my body was wet from being rained on and I was just fucking cold. But also yeah. like I'm at Dark Lord Day with my husband and our two friends. And that was so when they did like the golden ticket. So if you, um, they, you know, they put you into groups where you can go buy the beers to kind of help with that crowd control.
0: Sure.
1: And when you got to the front, there was, I think I want to say it was on like your, you had like a lanyard that there was a thing that the person would scratch off, like kind of like a lottery ticket. And if you had a golden ticket, it was just a random thing. Then you could buy one of the variants. Yeah, and I I had one of those, and I remember even at the time. Again, I am telling this story. This is not a proud moment, but I remember like being in the line, and they have like those crowd control barriers, and having to like hold on to the barrier to like not not like stagger so much, which you're also like in a crowd. So it's not, you know, like you're not walking all that much, but I remember sitting there and being like, "Oh my God, <laughs> I've got to, I've got to calm down." And then like getting up to the front, and you know, when you, uh, when you've just had enough to drink that you like feel like you need to try to act super sober to yeah. anyone else you're talking to. So like I get up to the front, and I'm like, "Hello," <laughs> <laughs> I can see it, I can see it, <laughs> and like I get up to the variant table, and they're telling me because I also. You know, I know that there are people who go to these and like, there's the, they know ahead of time what all of the variants are. They know what the best variants are. Yeah. They know the variants that are going to trade for the most money. I had no idea. So they're telling me everything and I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then just like, couldn't, could not remember what they had just told me. So I yeah. just said something like, I'll take like the brandy, the brandy variant and, you know, like pull like this soaking wet cash out of my pockets and I'm like I have this many dollars is this enough (laughs) (laughs) Um, you've had enough (laughs) yeah so all of that to say that um when you're you know when you're there and when you're part of it and it's like we're all fucking miserable together it's it's still fun and I think that it's the variants we had while we were there were really good But the ones that we bought and brought home, it did not age well, like, at all. I want to say we ended up drain pouring one of our last ones because it was just straight soy sauce.
0: Yeah. That's the other thing, too. Like, I know everyone really likes to age all those things, but you should just drink them. Yes. Just drink them when you're not so drunk so you can appreciate it more. (laughs) Right.
1: Yeah, exactly. Those are the bottles that you always, like, yeah, we were in Chicago and took a bus from Chicago to three Floyd's and then a bus back and then took a train back. So I was not in charge of anything, except keeping myself upright that day. And I did not do a good job. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, so I, you know, my, I was for a very long time, I I shouldn't say for a very long time, uh, but I was a Bud Light drinker, and that was mostly under as an underage person um, drinking what was available to me. And yeah. I grew up in Missouri, so at the time, I don't remember what year Boulevard opened. I want to say it was like '95 or something. Boulevard in Kansas City. Yeah.
0: And yeah, I, grew I up
1: for a while. Yeah, and so I was would always get. Bud Light. And my sister, so my older sister, she's 10 and a half years older than I am. So, you know, when I'm 21, she's like 31 and she's like, stop, stop drinking Bud Light. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Like try (laughs) this instead. And so she suggested a Boulevard wheat. And that was really, and again, wheat is one of those very approachable styles. It is for for a lot of people um, because it's, you know, it's, is it's very, very good. It's very refreshing, but it's not really too anything. Yeah. And that's really where, you know, then I felt very fancy, like when I would go out to eat and I would order a Boulevard wheat and for a very long time, that Boulevard wheat also came with a slice of lemon on it, which anyone will tell you that is very much, um, in Germany, it was kind of like an old person thing for a while, and then they started doing it more in the United States, particularly with Blue Moon with the oranges. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think people, and I know I fell into this. Like, if you had, if you ordered a Blue Moon and yes, please with a with a slice of orange or you know Boulevard wheat with a slice of lemon, um, it was almost like I'm so fancy. Like, I I know <laughs> I know <laughs> things about beer and. <laughs> It's you so know, funny because like as you get older, it's just like, or actually, it's not even older, but as you learn more, you're like, oh, yeah, how hard did that bartender roll his eyes? Yeah, <laughs> it's true because
0: I was that that server who rolled her eyes because like I just like it wasn't um everyone, it was just like such a thing, like you said, it'd be like, oh, you don't have any oranges. Or you don't have any lemons? Like, if we were out or something or didn't right. serve it with one, like, like oh, sorry, I didn't know you needed fruit. or Because right. <laughs> it was... Like, and uh, it's, not,
1: it's not bad. And again, if you're the kind of person who likes to have a slice of lemon in your wheat beer or a slice of orange in your wheat beer, like, that's fine. No, it's not, it's not, fine. not bad. I mean, like, I mean it's, it's not bad. It's enjoyable. It's just yeah. kind of a noob thing.
0: It's just like, it was done in a time when that not that product given to you might not have tasted so good. So mm-hmm. that lemon or that add or orange was used to kind of like, you know, spruce up the taste. And I'm like, your beer's so good. You don't need that. Right. Don't don't put ketchup on the steak, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. And let me okay, so we're talking about this and I will I won't delay this very much, but I was reading in this book that I always reference the beeronomics. There's an entire chapter about wit beer. And so I was reading about the development of Blue Moon and it has something in here about the like white beer was really slow to catch on. And so Mm -hmm. when they were developing uh, Blue Moon, so Blue Moon has always been a Coors product. Yeah. And when they were when they first started trying to sell it, it wasn't making them any money at all. And it was really close to getting axed. So one of the things they did was they replaced the the bitter curacao orange peel that is typically in a in a wit beer with a Valencia orange peel, like using a oh. sweet orange peel instead? Oh. And um, one of the things I'm trying to find in here where they talk about the oranges. Uh, but yeah, so it was they actually here it is the inspiration for putting the orange slice with the wit beer was because of people ordering Coronas with lime. Yeah. And so they like that. And, you know, that if once I read it that, I was like, thing. yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense is especially if you're trying to break through to the kind of customer who orders a Corona with lime.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, then That's putting smart. an orange with a Whip beer is is perfect because it's like, oh, OK, this is, you know, I'm used to doing this. Uh but, yeah, they said that they they would typically, like, carry bags of oranges with them to every kind of marketing thing they went on to make sure that there were oranges there to cut up <laughs> and add to the beer. So, anyway, all of that to say is that it's really the the beer that kind of got me – I I don't know if it necessarily, like, got me into craft beer because at the time in Missouri, like, Boulevard Wheat was one tap and everything yeah. else is – I mean, again – It's Missouri, so everything else is Budweiser. And uh, the Boulevard Wheat was kind of what you could get if you didn't want some sort of Budweiser product. Uh, But it was, you know, it was something that was always available. And again, I could get it with a slice of orange and be very fancy. Yes, yes, yes. But I would say, you know, one, I, I definitely started out with the getting into beer with the IPAs, Because when I was starting to really, really get into craft beer, and again, a lot of this was also just because the market was starting to grow and it was available and more available to me that uh, for a while I I switched from, you know, Bud Light, things like that to Sam Adams. Mm -hmm. And I remember learning, like I remember the specific conversation of talking to somebody about Sam Adams and saying, oh, so the bitterness I taste in the beer is from the hops and like learning that. Yep. And I think it's part of the reason why I say that is because a a lot of times I think that particularly say somebody starts listening to our podcast today, we're advanced cicerones. We didn't, we weren't born with that inherent (laughs) knowledge. You know, we worked at it over the years. And so like, yes, there was a time in my life really not very long ago that, you know, I learned, Oh, okay. So the bitterness comes from the hops and not knowing what other ingredients at all were in beer. Yeah. Uh, And so like everybody, everybody starts somewhere. So
0: yeah, for me, it was like,
1: like I, like for me, everything was
0: like a mini class. Cause like every time we had a shift at work at the restaurant at Capitol house, we would try two or three different beers and every single shift, like so you get to try two or three different beers, you get like a mini lesson about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is at a time when like the really top breweries are the ones winning awards at GABF, like Dogfish Head right. and Stone and, you know, Brooklyn. And like these are and like these are the celebrities and they're still very much celebrities like Greg Kolsch and Sam and, and mm-hmm. Garrett Oliver. But these are like these are the top choices there were no like local this local that you know there was legend brewery because i'm from richmond virginia and there was legend brewery and that was it this kind of like your boulevard legend brown right. ale was everywhere um it was okay it was like everyone knew it you 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 know it was an easy sell whatever but like the cool beers were these and so i was in a way it went way it's so different because i didn't it was like forced upon me like there was no seeking anything out you know right so, and it was like, okay, so today we're going to learn about, you know, and like hop, like this, these are some different IPAs and like this one's piney, this one's like citrus and like trying to ingrain into you these words because the more you hear them, the more they, it's helpful. And I remember the one thing they always wanted us to know is like, just remember hops are bitter, malt is sweet, hops, right. bitter, malt, sweet. And I'm like, okay, I re- i I can repeat that to you. <laughs> <laughs> really like that for a long time and I just remember one day things just kind of started to click a little bit more I was also the super nerd who would have someone illegally get me a six pack of beer like a co-worker and like give it to me you know so I could take it home and I was I remember them telling me like Rachel you've got to start picking better beers you're making me look obvious and bad <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, okay. So, like, I was picking stuff like Magic Hat number 9, Breckenridge, Abita Purple Haze, Pilsner Raquel. Pilsner Raquel was, like, a big one for me. That, that one was got me into, like, the light, lighter, uh, like, really good light beer. Yeah. Oh,
1: oh, man, I had a Pilsner Raquel the other night.
0: It's great. It's I, great beer. I actually
1: had three of them, if I'm being honest. But, yes, I, <laughs>
0: it's a good beer. I <laughs> <laughs> that brewery a couple months ago. Thank you, COVID. But anyway, so I remember them saying that. And one, I one beer I really liked was Omegon Traditional. I really liked that one. If one, it was cheap, like I could get a cheap bottle and it was delicious. In the alcohol level, this is when I really started to understand the alcohol difference in some of these beers, like high gravity beers, because like eight percent right. beer is putting me on my butt after like two of them. So. Um, so I was like, okay, well, you start picking them for me. So and then I really start to get like more in depth, like Westmalls and LeFays, and and so I was really was like fed these all these beers and like learned about them. And we had beer classes we had to go to, and we like had to like it was like mandatory. And so this night it'd be all about IPAs, and eventually you got to a time where I could start drinking too at these classes. So it was right, like. Right. It was very very helpful, but it was like, well, this is my job, and it really does make everything a lot easier if I can know what it is out on that beer menu before you even try to order something, and I go and try to ring it in, and then it's out, and then I come back and you're frustrated, you know. If I can be able to suggest things like that, it it just made my job so much easier. Right. It's a really busy 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 restaurant, and it you know it could it could be pretty frustrating if the third beer you tried to order is out. <laughs> so, but yeah, um, I, I've been
1: in that situation yeah. before where I'm like, okay, uh, why don't we just start with you telling me what you do have? <laughs> and yeah. I, can, and yeah. I can go from there. And it's, it sucks
0: as a server when you're putting that, because you just you do it. you do the best? It, it, when you have that many beers, it's just hard. They would up to, update the menu every week, but it just naturally starts to pile on. By the end of the week, you have 20 beers you're out of. Right. So it's like you, if you can handle that situation right there in one stop, <laughs> it just made everything a lot easier in your job. So it was it was very necessary for for me to learn about all these different things. And not in a way I necessarily understood, but in a way that was just recommendations. Okay, you like this, we're gonna go for this list. You like this, we're gonna go for this list, you know? Right. So it was very uh my my th- I guess getting into beer is so different than most people, but it was like very helpful, but it did take a long time to like th- with the language. I mean, it was helpful, but it took a long time to really understand how to identify fuck, forget hoppy or multi, but like just, you know, the simplest, simplest of things, you know, like, is this full body? Does this light body? Does this,
1: Right. What does In that a, even mean? What does yeah. that?
0: Mean? Yeah, like astringent. What do you mean astringent? You
1: know? Like. Yeah, it's funny. I remember drinking Guinness, so that was kind of another beer that you know trying it, and it was Guinness at the time. So we're talking like again, yeah, like two thousand four, two thousand five. That's you know, one of the only other beers that you can get, because uh, like when you were talking about Legend, that's something that popped Mm -hmm. in my head too, was that you, there wasn't, states didn't, or breweries didn't have 50 state distribution and distributors didn't pick up craft breweries. Yeah. So I, like, I remember living in Texas, you know, moving to Texas when I was 21 and you didn't get Boulevard wheat. And it was hard to even get Sam Adams. And mm-hmm. I, for a while, was really into Blue Moon, but I could not buy Blue Moon anywhere in Texas. It would just be like, a, you know, randomly maybe be able to find some. Yeah. And, you know, going into like big beer stores, you know, kind of like um, like Binny's in Chicago or even like a Total Wine. And you, they just they didn't have that stuff. And But they always had things like Guinness. Yeah. Drinking Guinness is, you know, pretty much at the time, like the complete opposite of what almost everybody else is drinking. Because for so long, we're drinking American lagers and American light lagers. Mm -hmm. And that's still like 90% of the beer that's consumed worldwide. Mm -hmm. But like drinking Guinness just felt kind of subversive because like I was having a dark beer. And yeah. I remember people being like, oh, I don't know how you can drink that. That's like motor oil. It's is so <laughs> thick and dark. And like now when I have the Guinness, I'm just like, this is so, I don't want to say watery, but it is so yeah. light bodied. Isn't that weird? But yeah, but people are like, oh, I don't know how you can drink that. That's like drinking motor oil. And you know, it's just like, cause I'm tough. Like I'm dick. I've,
0: I've had some beers that are like <laughs> drinking motor oil,
1: and that is not right. Like exactly. True. Yeah. Exactly. Like I, yeah, I have had a thick, full-bodied beer before, and it like, but even now, anytime I have Guinness, I am continually surprised by how light-bodied, and it is, it is kind of watery. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but yeah, I know what you mean. Just though. Kind of watery, and I just think that it's also
0: nitrogenized, and that will contribute to that. You're not getting any sort of bite from any sort of carbon uh, uh, carbonation, you know.
1: Right, exactly. So
0: that helps with that watery quality.
1: Yeah, and I um I you know, in trying to think through other beers that I think have made a like made a difference to me, I, I just as a beer drinker, is I remember when we first moved to Chicago. So this would have been like 2013. Was sort of around the time that you heard people starting to talk more about sour beers. And I remember getting—I don't remember exactly the name of it, but I can see it. It's an Ode Bruin that has like a bear on it and is maybe like a. It wouldn't have been German. It would have been some sort of Belgian. So yeah. it wasn't an American old brewing, but I remember getting it and um, Tom saying something about like, Ugh, this is one of those sour beers that you like. I don't, I don't like those. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, eventually like getting more and more into it because like when we moved to Chicago, we're like, oh yeah, we're really into craft beer. We really like IPAs. And uh, you know, again, though, that was most of what was available anywhere. If you were a craft brewery, you were making an IPA. Uh,
0: Grand Teton Brewery. Yes. I found it. I yes. searched it. Yes. I, I searched Old Bruin Bear. <laughs> 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 it worked.
1: But yeah, and I, you know, like I, I can remember tasting like Duchess and being like, oh, yeah. my God, this is. This is incredible, but you have to get out of your mind what you think beer is going to taste like.
0: Yeah, that's definitely an acquired taste as you get more into it. But Orval and Duchess were huge for me because, like, I really did not like sour beer. And a lot of people at Capital Duchess, you know, this is 2005. Like, we had some Dutchess. It wasn't the most popular thing, but we had this, like, core group of people that drank it. And I remember just being like, oh. God, how do you drink this stuff? And then someone being like, here, try this. And it was Orval, which is a very good introductory beer into a wild beer. Yeah, and exactly. Would, it's a Brett Pale Ale. Funky. Um, yeah funky it's not it's it's
1: dry hopped it's, it's just its own thing like anytime yeah. i have orval i had one um, tom gave one to me in a blind tasting a few weeks ago and it at first it didn't even click to me that it was orval i was like did you taste all of these beers and they all tasted okay and he was like <laughs> yeah and then i was this like one oh tastes like it has a bread infection yeah i was like <laughs> oh this is orval because it is it's it's not even any style it is just its own yeah thing because but it's it a great so
0: way to get into sour beer. Um,
1: yes. And I'm not like, a like, like, there are, like, some types of breads
0: I like, but it's that really great, like, barnyardy band aid stuff I don't like. And it's just, oh. this Orval is just a nice, like, you don't even know it's a bread almost. Right. Like, it's very introductory. It's very good. Highly recommend it. It was the way I got into sour beers. Um, Goza's at the time weren't really a thing. We had one vice in a bottle, and we had the syrups for it. So we yeah. did that, and it was Kindle Vice. and that was it. That was the only kettle sour I ever knew about for until I knew about more, <laughs> like whenever that was. But like, right. that, I'm we might have had others, but I it it was not a thing. I remember one time we got a keg of Cantillon Iris, and Jacob. Jacob is the guy who was the craft beer guy at the restaurant at the time when I worked and he's the one who taught me all about beer, but like it, while I was at Capitol house, but he got to, he was so excited. Now Jacob was like, he went to Belgium, he was into it. He had no, he had knowledge about a lot of this stuff when it was all still kind of new mm-hmm. to the market. And so, you know, if he was excited, we were all excited. <laughs> even though I right. didn't really know. And he was, oh, man, this keg, really, really small keg, but it came, it was there, he tapped it, he had his thing, you know, it sat there for weeks, because no oh one knew God. what it was. And for weeks, we had, I mean, maybe for like a couple months, this beer was on draft. But no one knew what it was. So like, it wasn't a big deal. Like we were, we knew, or we knew because Jacob told us, but like, it didn't have that special place in our heart that it would now, you know? Right. <laughs> Uh, I always think back on that and like what a waste like I mean it was fine it got drank and like somebody enjoyed it
1: but like right man. yeah it's always like that well this might be a little dated even even for you but it's like I knew so many people whose mom didn't let them go to a Nirvana concert and was like <laughs> you'll be able to go to another one and, you know it's kind, of it kind of the same thing.
0: <laughs> don't worry They'll be around. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, yeah, you can get <laughs> it in. until he's not. Right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, thanks, mom. So, okay, we're getting uh, a little bit close to time. So, I sure. have a couple of talking points for you. Got it. What is, I guess, what would what would you say is your favorite beer style now? Hate this which is i know it is it's hard because it's kind of like asking somebody who's really into movies like what's your favorite movie it's like well it depends give me a genre if i and i can I, and i can be like more specific
0: i just i just got to say the classic american style ipa it's just what i just want to drink and relax and it's just my go-to for drinking every time i i'm down from work i just I don't really want to think about what I'm drinking. So I'm going to go for the IPA. Um, yeah. And then second closest would be lager, but I just, to answer that question, honestly, <laughs> cause there's so many ways to answer that question. Um, but yeah, I would just say that just classic American IPA, not too West coasty, not anything new school, you know, Milkshake, yeah. New England, Hayes, not just freaking clear, juicy, nice, soft bitterness, not too pronounced, classic American IPA. Or even Southeastern IPA, which is new. <laughs> that is uh, That is not just something we do. Lots of breweries do that. Oh, yeah. They're out there. It's a nice American IPA style brewed with corn or grits, low bitterness, high aroma. My flavor, clear, and that's all. That's all you need.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I definitely fall into the Barley Wine is Life category, and I love smoked beers, but if we are talking about – Yeah, but you can't drink those all the time. Yes, you can. Yes, <laughs> you can. Okay, Dark Lord Day. <laughs> don't, don't ever let anybody tell you that it's too hot for barley wine or that you can't drink smoked beer every day because you absolutely can.
0: No, I know. We have that uh... – our friend Charles, for every year for his birthday in July, has the barley wine tasting. Yes.
1: And so I get it.
0: And it is very hot. We didn't have it this year, unfortunately. Yeah,
1: obviously. But, yeah, we um, – I want to say that's actually a couple of years ago, probably the first time that I think you and I – no, maybe it was after the funk. There was – yeah, I know what you're talking about. There was a time where – Because we were upstairs at Salud. I feel like – It wasn't one of the – because after- I remember – the barley wine party, like when one of the times I got there before we knew each other, Charles was like, oh, Rachel was just here and she wanted to meet you. Huh. And then so I think it was at the release, of The Funk. After that, oh, was when yeah. it was something where we both that's ended up when I upstairs like just started. moved here. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because that was the collaboration with New Belgium and stuff. Right. And like Lauren Salzar was in town. That what? was
1: cool. Yeah, I didn't know about that.
0: Yeah, yeah, we uh, we hung out. Ooh, we got together.
1: Yeah, <laughs> we did. I think Lauren Salazar, and I forgot. I know that she's since uh, I think has gotten divorced and is back maybe to her maiden name. One of the women in the well, beer that's her stage name. That I would um, one of the women in the brewery that I would. Brewing industry that I would love to meet that I haven't met yet. She that I really I would have a hard time. Really Like, awesome. I, under, I understand that, she, you know, she is just a person. But it, I think I would have a hard time not just having a big, dumb smile on my face the entire no, time. No, it, it, was,
0: it was really fun. But she's really down to earth. Like, not full of herself and just really chill. She was great. Yeah, I remember, like, I because we were talking. I was, like, just telling her about my time at Left Hand. And... Living in Colorado and stuff, and then I was like, but when I came here, you know, I just knew Chad had said Chad, who runs a Noda Brewing. What did he say? He had said something like, we don't we don't do things the Noda way. Like we we try to always like change, you know, be open to new procedures and see what we're doing, and not like just be stuck in our own way. And I remember when I got a job at Left Hand, like the first day the HR person literally said, we don't do things the wrong way. We do things the left-hand way. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I just remember having that moment and telling that story to Lauren and be like, that's what I knew. I made the right decision here. At <laughs>
1: it
0: was so great. She was like, Oh, that's so awesome.
1: <laughs>
0: We're really drunk. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I will say, um, I, we went down a diversion there, uh, which is always totally fine. But I, I will say, even though those are my favorite styles in terms of what is always in my refrigerator, it is going to be an American IPA or some sort of a lager.
0: Yeah. You just and, sometimes you just got to drink without, like, you know, getting too drunk or thinking about it or just, you
1: know, Right. And we, uh, again, I have a very soft place in my heart for Bell's Two Hearted. Because yes. when um, when Tom and I first started yes. dating, we would go. So in Charlotte, there's the U.S. National Whitewater Center and it's mm-hmm. a super, super cool place. And it, at the time it was really, really new. And so it wasn't at all like nearly as packed and stuff as it is now. But we would go out there and they have you know several bars and they all of their bars were craft beer. And they would always have bells two hearted or sweetwater IPA on tap. And so mm. it was one of those things where you'd go and you'd set, you know, you'd sit outside and watch the rafters on the river and have, you know, like a sixteen ounce of bells two hearted. So I have like you know, that's anytime I think about that, it's it is like it takes me back to that like springtime, you know, dating somebody new at the Whitewater Center, drinking mm-hmm. Bells Too hearted Yeah. But that that is usually, you know, what we'll have in our refrigerator. We'll have um, Bells or, you know, Sierra Nevada, something like that. It's one of the, like, just kind of the classic. Well, you can styles. rely on them. And they're so good. Like, they're just they so good. And, and you can, like, <laughs>
0: I can rely on Bells Too It to always be good. Yes. Like, if I get a bad draft of Bell's Too Hearted, it's because they have a dirty draft line. Right. Exactly. It is not Bell's.
1: Right. Yeah. guarantee you, you. Didn't, you didn't spend $20 on a four-pack of some, like, fruited lactose IPA, and it tastes like shit. Yeah. You spent, like, $12 on a 12-pack of Bell's yeah. Too Hearted, and every drop is delicious. Yeah. It, it is. I'm,
0: I'm glad they've figured out to just – it's consistent, True to I mean just true every single time and it's definitely like if I if I see this too hard of being kept in cold storage and you know decent date I mean even even that beer can get a little longer than you know your local fresh IPA right but um I'm yeah I I'm confident I'm confident because I, I play that date game in the store don't get me wrong oh but yeah like, so and I, yeah, I've never heard sure. a bell's, bad bells Bad Bells that wasn't kept in the right condition, you know, like, so, solid brewery. I love them. Beautiful brewery. I remember going one time, I was still, like, a long time ago, maybe 10 years ago. So, like, when I went, they had this whole new construction. They had Hmm. all these fermenters, and these are, like, fermenters that hang up from the ceiling. So, you just, like, have the bottom part that's, like, hanging down, just, like, walk through this. Yeah, I've been there. were, like, 20 of them that hadn't even been used yet, like, still, like, finishing up construction. Right. which I'm sure they're all used now and more, but it was really cool to see. I have like a cool picture of me with my head stuck up in it. <laughs> oh, I, think, I think that was cool. I'm pretty sure. They had a hop room. You weren't allowed to take pictures of the hop room. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, that's that a big super, a
1: cool. super <laughs> cool facility. But yeah, I mean, consistency goes yeah. a long way. And I think that's something that I wish more People who say they're into craft beer would demand more of is consistency.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. But that can be a um, a conversation for another time. So before I sure. forget, I would say that, you know, everyone listening again, go through that thought exercise of thinking about what are the beers that got you into beer. And, you know, definitely after you listen to this episode, you know, we always post about it on social media. If you, if you feel like it, you know, go on Instagram, go on Facebook, uh, false bottom girls, and just write on that post, like what, what were your beers that got you into beer? Because I, it's always an interesting, story you know somebody isn't just like uh, I don't know I just always drink it or something you know like this is it's definitely a great way to learn more about people and hear those stories around it so I guess Rachel my next well my last question for us for this anniversary episode is one year from now when we're doing our second anniversary episode what have we done in that year well, I've survived COVID. <laughs> yeah, that's <on>. true.
0: <laughs>
1: First and foremost. That's <laughs> a good point. Survive the pandemic. <laughs> Survive the pandemic. So I should say, hopefully in a year. Hopefully we're allowed the, to go the to world other countries. Has, yeah, the world <laughs> hasn't melted down and or uh, our free speech rights haven't been eroded.
0: Yeah. Hopefully my brewery is still open and we have another 26 episodes underneath our belt. But, you know, God, COVID time. I love to, I would love to not be in a pandemic
1: and answer that question. Okay, we'll put a pin in that. So uh, <laughs> next year when we're doing this episode, we'll be like, remember when we were like, we'll never be out of the pandemic. I hope I have more
0: GABF medals under my belt. I hope – I mean, that's, that's a big one. It's pretty top. You know, World Beer Cup, any medals, really. So <laughs> – that's kind of what my whole goal is in this brewery, you know, keep it running and win medals. <laughs> Stay alive. Hopefully, we are 100% capacity.
1: So, hopefully, I'm not working as much and other people are working for me more. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'm hoping that um, we're both master Cicerones. I'm hoping yes. to be a, a master good. BJCP judge. Um, hopefully, that goal may actually be attainable by the end of this year still. Yeah it's, it's a little bit harder when you can't actually judge in person, but there are a few opportunities that I've been able to seek out that I think will, um, will get me there. Um, yeah, you know, I hope we're still bringing value to people in terms of talking about beer in an approachable way and, you know, explaining, explaining concepts and things and just, you know, continuing to show people that we are, Two to humans who are just really passionate about beer and teaching people about beer and, you know, serving as a voice for people who don't always have a voice in this industry. We will wrap it up. Thank you, everyone, for listening and for listening to us this past year. And you know, reaching out and interacting with us, because truly, 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 I think we say this every every episode, but I don't think that we will ever get tired of that or take that for granted. Uh, we really value hearing from everybody. Definitely. So, yeah. Thank any, you, everybody. Any other closing thoughts? Nope. Or?
0: Nope. I'm good.
1: <laughs> I gotta go
0: to the brewery. Do to- brewery
1: things. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I too have to do brewery things, but mine look a little bit different from yours, but I should probably get started working. So thank you everyone for listening. Again, please take a few moments to rate, review, subscribe. um, And, you know, even just telling other people about the podcast, uh, even on social media or really any, you know, any way that is easy for you to do it. We always appreciate that. And I love hearing from people that they just subscribed to the podcast or just started listening. Um, so please share us and help more people learn about this little project that the two of us are doing over here um, in our respective homes right now. <laughs> That's okay. We're safe. Oh. Yeah, follow us, um, Instagram and Facebook at False Bottom Girls. You can also email us at falsebottomgirls at gmail.com. And once again, thank you, everyone, and happy birthday, False Bottom Girls. Happy birthday to us. Happy birthday to us. This has been False Bottom Girls. And we make the Bruin world go round.